superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Ryan Warmly, joined today by Andrew Erickson and Derek Brown. Fellas, we are talking about some must starts. We're going to hit the running backs. We're going to hit the receivers. We'll even sprinkle in quarterback, tight end, and a defense for you. It is week two. We have week one in the books. Let's jump right in. Debra, we'll start with you this time on the must start running backs in week two. Well, first guy I'm going to bring up here, I know Erickson's going to be all tickled and happy about this. Rashad White, baby, uh, going against the Chicago Bears. Um, Give it the ninth highest yards after contact per attempt in week one. If you go back to last year, too, and really this is where it comes down to where we could see the ceiling for Rashad White is in the passing game. The Bears last year, eighth worst yards per reception allowed to running back. So got to be starting Rashad White. He's an RB2 with RB1 upside this week. And then I'm going to sit here and lay into my guy, James Cook. Uh, The Raiders are not a really good matchup on the ground, but again, We saw James Cook get utilized in the passing game last week. 15.3% target share. He got six targets, although I was told Josh Allen never checks down and James Cook will never get utilized in the passing game. Voila, it's here, baby. And now going against the Las Vegas Raiders, who allowed the fourth most receptions and the most receiving yards to running backs last year. Got to fire up James Cook. Last guy I'm going to bring up here, and people could be scared off of what happened in week one, and I'm telling you right now, start Ramondre Stevenson, don't care, doesn't matter, play him this week. Massive bounce back game coming right here, because look, Miami Dolphins, lowest stuff rate in the NFL so far, and the fifth highest yards after contact per attempt. Mondre also got a ton of work in the passing game, and I know that Look, the Patriots did check down. They did run a lot of plays. They were top five. And and brace yourself, people. The New England Patriots were top five in neutral passing rate and pace last week. I don't know if it holds, but if it does, Mondre to the moon. I came away from that Monday night game extremely excited about James Cook. And it wasn't because the numbers were some sort of sensational Mm -hmm. output. There were 15 running back carries in that game. Cook got 12 of them, and he had the second most targets on the team behind only Stephon Diggs. Those, you just tell me those numbers, and I think we all expect the Bills' offense to be a lot better than they were in that first week when you know Josh Allen isn't turning over the ball four times in the game. Those numbers in that offense has me giddy about all the James Cook shares mm-hmm. I have. I mean, do you think if that type of usage continues Debro, that we could be looking at a real rb1 back end rb1 but an rb1 rest of the season yep i mean took the words right out of my mouth worm i was gonna say if you if you brought up rb2 i was gonna tell you it's gonna be an rb1 because again the bills are gonna score a ton of touchdowns this year i know week one looked terrible okay it's one game people 
Josh Allen did not forget how to play football. It's all going to be okay. He, he always struggles against the Jets, too. It's a particularly bad matchup, or at least it has been recently, uh, for Allen. Let's jump into our Who Should I Start tool that's free to use for anybody at fantasypros.com slash start. It's a player comparison tool where we're, we're going to put two guys head-to-head and ask the analysts, who are you starting? These two guys, most of them are I tried to pick guys that are back-to-back in the expert consensus rankings, so it should be a theoretically difficult decision. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. And Debra, oh, and by the way, these are all half PPR scoring. So Debra, first one for you, Rashad White or Najee Harris? Oh, it's White. And not even close. White's getting 62% of the vote there. James Cook or Alexander Madison? James Cook. Did anybody watch Alexander Madison play last so, week? Uh, <laughs> so, so this one I will say was actually very difficult to find somebody because Cook, I think he's ranked RB15. I forgot to write that down. But wherever it is he's ranked, the guy right ahead of him is getting like 80% of the vote over Cook. And the guy right below him is Madison is only getting 30% of the vote. So Cook is just like very solidly in. I think I do think it's RB15. He's just like very solidly there in the eyes of the experts. Um, he's getting 70% of this vote, like I said. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson or Kenneth Walker? Oh, I'm going with Mondre. I mean, Kenneth Walker had a lot, uh, and, and, I, and I will say this. I was surprised and happily delighted about Kenneth Walker's usage, but we also need to understand, too, Kenneth Walker didn't do anything in the past game. I know he got checkdowns and stuff. Ramondre Stevenson caught overs. He had over 60 receiving yards, and that's not just an isolated fluke, people. Mondre's just that good in the passing game. Walker actually got 69% of the vote in this. Ramondre Stevenson, just 31%. Erickson, what do you think about that one? Ramondre Stevenson or Kenneth Walker this week? It's not even a question. Like, what? Thank you, Erickson. Why? why? Thank you. I I don't have words. What are we doing here, people? (laughs) Do do, do they think Mondre still has the stomach bug? Like, is he going to be taking, like, the, the, is he going to be running out to go to the bathroom in the halftime and not coming back? People are afraid of Zeke. Zeke had seven targets. Averaging two yards per target. Guys, come on. What are we doing here? That's I don't ridiculous. pick these. I mean, I pick the comparisons. I don't pick the numbers. I just read them to you. So don't, uh, don't shoot the messenger. Erickson, give me your must-start running backs here in week two. All right. I'm going with Jamal Williams. Love had it. a bell cow RB1 roll in week one. 18 carries. And he had two catches for a total of 53 yards. Not great, but he didn't score. However, I like the matchup more this week against the Carolina Panthers. Last week was against the Tennessee Titans. We all kind of expected him to kind of underwhelm in terms of yardage, but he got the touches. He just didn't score. I think that he scores this week against Carolina. We saw them give up a lot of yards on the ground and through the air to Tyler Algier and uh, Bijan Robinson allowed five point yards per carry to the Falcons in week one. So I think it's a much better matchup. And I think you continue to roll with Jamal if you drafted him kind of as a late running back. There's not a lot of running backs that you can start where you can feel confident he's going to get 20 touches, especially just given the other backs available for the Saints. Kendra Miller still dealing with an injury, so I think Jamal Williams is good to go. Next up here is David Montgomery. We talked about the Seahawks' defense. Not good. It's just not a good defense. I know they were pretty stout against the run with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, but those guys aren't good. <laughs> so I think David <laughs> Montgomery is an actual better running back than those two, and the Lions can get way more of a push up front behind their offensive line than the Rams were able to do. And the Rams running backs, they weren't efficient, but they still scored three touchdowns. So Monty coming off 21 touches and a 77% snap share. I don't necessarily think those numbers are going to carry over. We're already hearing that they're going to get Gibbs more involved. Makes sense. But if they're playing with a lead, it's not going to be Gibbs running out the clock. It's going to be Dave Montgomery. And if he scores, you're going to be glad you started him, especially in the half PPR. Lions are heavy home favorites. 
And lastly, mentioned him, Tyler Algier. Look, ride the wave, folks. Like when you get running backs in committees that one of them is being productive and you're not really sure how the usage, I just say, just ride the hot streak. Like continue to play Tyler Algier. He's a good running back. Showed that his rookie year. The Falcons want to run the football. So yeah, and he was the guy they used in the red zone. So if they're going to score points against the Packers, who I think can be run on, then I think Algier is a guy you're going to continue to play week in and week out. And you just kind of got to be like, look, don't know what the usage is going to be like, but he's a good running back and he's getting enough of volume in an offense that wants to run the football where I think that he's going to be okay more weeks than not. So for me, Williams, Montgomery, and Tyler Algier. Uh, all I heard I, Erickson say was, I love Arthur Smith. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't put that kind of evil on, uh, on Erickson. The, the vitriol he will get in the comments. Uh, I asked you guys this uh, between shows this morning. Would you start Algier in addition to Bijan if you have both of them on your roster, if if you were trying to handcuff or, or saw value for Algier Erickson? Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. think so. I mean, we saw this a couple of years ago where you were starting Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara every single week as as dual running backs in the same backfield, and it worked. And it just and honestly takes a lot of the headache out of, out of trying to figure out who's going to be getting the what red zone touch and who's going to be playing this snap. Like, both guys played over 50% of the snaps. Like, that is rare usage for two running backs on the same team. And why would it go away? If Arthur Smith has his way, it's going to be all running backs all the time. So if I have Bijan and someone has Tyler Algier on their bench, I'm trying to trade for him. That way I can just start both guys every single week and not worry about how the usage and just be like, hey, insert Falcons running back here, scored points. Good for me. Let's do some player comparisons here. Jamal Williams or Miles Sanders this week? Uh, Jamal Williams for me. Only getting about a third of the vote, 36%. Sanders is getting 64%. Uh, David Montgomery or his backfield mate, Jameer Gibbs? Uh, It's still Gibbs for me. I'm not going to rank Montgomery because last week, if Gibbs had scored the touchdown instead of Montgomery, Gibbs would have outscored him. So it's going to really come down to whoever scores. But with Gibbs getting the lip service, I think that he'll probably outscore Montgomery this week. Montgomery's getting 69% of that vote. I agree with you. I think that's an overreaction to him being the one that got in the end zone. Although I do like Montgomery this week. I'm with you there. Um, I would still play Gibbs happily. Uh, Tyler Algier or Javante Williams? Mm. It's a close one. That's but a close I, one. I, I, um, I still don't like the Javante Williams. I don't like the Broncos offense, honestly. It's <laughs> gross. Like it is it, like I know Javante's like involved a lot in the passing game, but they're not really getting him out in space that much. He's still splitting snaps with Samaj P. Ryan, where Algier, I just feel better about his overall outlook on the I like the Falcons offense more than I like the Broncos. Is that am I am I criminal for thinking that? Like I, I just think that their offense is more conducive to just overall fantasy points scored on the ground versus Javante Williams, who's just like catching dump offs from Russell Wilson that are just not getting any yardage. So I just don't believe in this Broncos offense. They're playing the commanders. They have a really fierce defensive line. I I think I like Algier more. Yeah, you're not wrong. I did a local like Denver TV hit uh, yesterday and they asked me, what are some ways the Broncos can generate some more explosive plays in this (laughs) offense? And I said, tie the shoelaces together of the defense because I don't see another way they are getting uh, explosive plays with the way they looked here in week one. By the way, this comparison was not close. It's actually Javante, 77%. Wow. Algier 20. I think that's it's, just looking at the, like, oh, he's the, the backup. The touches, but... Yeah. yeah. I get it that. sounds well, like a lot of film. name value, too. Watch the game. Watch yeah. the games. Football is 
back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Debro, let's move to the must-start wide receivers. First guy I got to bring up. Last week was Brandon Ayuk week. Well, welcome to the Debo show, people. It's going to be Debo Samuel this week. So if week one kind of scared you away a little bit, come back. Come back into the fold. Debo is going to have a really good game. And this all comes down to, talked about this in previous years, uh, Certain wide receivers dominating man coverage or zone coverage. Debo is San Francisco's zone coverage beater. You look at weeks 14 through 18 last year with Brock Purdy under center. Debo Samuel led the team in target share. He led the team in targets per route run. And he was second on the team in yards per route run against zone coverage. Why does this all matter? Because the Rams run a ton of zone coverage. So give me Debo Samuel. And again, another guy that disappointed us in week one, but going back to the well here, Tower Lockett. I got to start Tower Lockett, man. Detroit, again, used a lot of man last year. They are heavy zone coverage, at least through one game this year. And if you marry not only the zone coverage aspect, but Geno Smith under pressure. And when we've seen this, the splits hugely favor Tower Lockett versus DK Metcalf. Tower Lockett had a 26% target share versus DK's 18% whenever Geno is under pressure. So if Geno is running around for his life, and we've all seen the clip of when Aaron Donald runs into his face, he goes, yeah. he's going to probably be targeting Tower Lockett whenever defensive lineman's coming straight at him. And your last receiver? Last guy. Well, I wanted to give a little bit of a dramatic pause here, Worm, <laughs> because... It's your boy. It's my boy. It's our boy. It's the collective boy of Fantasy Bros. Zay Flowers, baby. Gotta start him. Have to. Whether you're looking at first read target share, you're looking at his target share overall last week, the matchup presents itself that Zay Flowers is going to have another massive game. The way you attack the Cincinnati Bengals passing attack, or their pass defense, excuse me, is with tight ends and via the slot. Mike Hilton via the slot. This is where they give up production. Eighth fewest slot targets seen last year versus the defense, but yet they allowed the 10th most slot receiving yards per game. Zay Flowers going to have himself a day. Yeah, that pause had me nervous. I was like, this is the one Raven we're talking about here. Uh, are are you at all hesitant just in the fact that like Andrews didn't play in week one and that nope. kind of opened up a lot of that underneath work for Flowers? Nope. Because Flowers is a triple threat, man. He could not only sit here and do the, the stuff like the screens underneath like we saw last uh, last week, 
which accounted for 40% of his target share, but he can also stretch the field. We just haven't seen that part of his game, but it could happen this week. Yeah, I I don't smoke, but I could have used a cigarette after watching some of those Zay Flowers highlights. <laughs> he was... Whew. He was absolutely <laughs> filthy. Uh, n- nobody should smoke cigarettes are bad for you. Uh, Claire comparison time here. Devo Samuel or Amari Cooper? I asked you about Amari Cooper in the must sit show earlier today, Debro. Devo Samuel or Amari Cooper? Uh, this is easy, Debo. Please tell me this is not close, Worm. It's not close, but not in the direction you think. What? De- Devo Samuel, 29%. Amari Cooper, no. 71%. No. Uh, well, the Browns get the Steelers. You just got demolished by Ayuk and company. And, they, you know, people might be thinking that, you know, another good receiver. Can ha- has nobody seen Amari Cooper play on it's the fine. road? That, that doesn't go well. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to get in the heads of, of uh, you know, the experts voting on this thing. Tyler Lockett or Mike Evans? Oh, it's you, Tyler Lockett for me. Uh, I... Okay, we do we want an offense captained by Chef Gino, or do we want an offense led by Baker Mayfield? They are they are playing the Bears, who may have the worst defense. That's NFL. fair. That's fair. Yeah, still, <laughs> give me Chef Gino. Uh, Tyler Lockett, sixty eight percent of the votes in that one, uh, and then Zay Flowers or Michael Pittman, who had a good first week. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go Zay on this one. Uh, Houston's defense uh, looked surprisingly good i think D'Amico ryan's doing some things there um i think they're gonna try to take away Pittman. so yeah give me um give my man zay uh zay flowers getting 71 percent of that vote erickson hit me with your must start receivers right we're going with some guys that pretty much sucked in week one but we're, we're buying the dip we're bouncing back start with dj moore talking about those yes. Chicago bears look so we basically got erased by jair alexander in week one they had two targets he actually had one more target on a two-point conversion which he obviously did not catch so it doesn't help us in fantasy but look he's gonna have a big game here against the Tampa Bay buccaneers he's faced this buccaneers secondary a lot during his time with the carolina panthers the last time he faced them blew up 117 yards on six catches one touchdown on 10 targets and the thing about dj Moore that you want to keep in mind yeah he didn't get targets but the bears threw the ball a lot They threw 37 times. That was more than they threw the ball at all last year. So the biggest concern with DJ Moore was, oh, like the Bears aren't going to throw enough. Kind of like with the Falcons. Like that's why he's going to be bad or that's why he's going to fail. Well, it was weird because he threw it a lot. It just wasn't to DJ Moore. So that's not not going to keep up over the stretch of the season. Like Roshan Johnson's not going to get seven targets every single week (laughs) as a running back. Like that's not going to happen. Like running backs out-targeting wide receivers that are running around on nearly every single drop back that's just not sustainable over time. So DJ Moore thinks the perfect buy low. This happens with DJ Moore all the time. He has a lot of ups and downs as the season progresses, but no matter what, he finishes as a wide receiver too, and it's going to start here in week two against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. T. Higgins, entire Bengals offense was horrible in week one. T. Higgins had eight targets, zero catches. He had 151 air yards and just nada. Um, basically because Higgins is a contested catch guy. Well, this is what happens when you don't catch the contested catches. You, you basically dud out last player was in 2015, Amari Cooper. That was the last player to have zero catches on eight targets next week. Amari Cooper, six catches, 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like the fact that he's still getting targets and seeing them down the field is indicative of he's going to have a big week. And it's up against this Ravens secondary that as as a the house of horrors that the Browns defense is for Joe Burrow, it's the clown house 
for the Ravens defense against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has owned the Ravens secondary, and they still don't have Marlon Humphrey. I think he's going to shred them, and it's going to start with T. Higgins. So buy back on the dip with Higgins. And lastly, it's Jahan Dotson. He had seven targets last week, five for 40 receiving yards. He led the team in routes run and air yard share. Again, we talked about McLaurin on the must-sit show. McLaurin's going to get Patrick Sertain. Oh, what does that mean? Jahan Dotson's going to get DeMar Mathis, who got absolutely <laughs> roasted and cooked like a Thanksgiving turkey by Jacoby Myers, who had a monster game in week one. I think we're going to see the same results for Jahan Dotson. So someone asked me to drop Dotson. I was like, no, do not drop Jahan Dotson. I know week one was underwhelming, but still had seven targets, five for 50. I think he's in for a big spot here. Uh, Q, Debro accusing me of being a homer, but... Uh, Joe Burrow has not dominated the Ravens secondary since Mike McDonald became defensive coordinator last year. They actually did a really good job defending against him a year ago. Now I'm with you on Higgins this Mm. week because they don't have Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Williams is out and that secondary Mm. is decimated. So injuries wise, I absolutely agree with you. I think the Bengals are like quite Ravens have have no pass rush, dude. They have no use. It looks better this week in week one against with the Texans. Oh, wait, but I know, I know. I was going to say, I was going <laughs> to admit it was line. against the no, Texans. Just wait. Warren's going to go off with some side tangent where they, he talks himself into Roquan being the answer. It's going to be something no, they, like that. Well, first, first of all, Roquan did change his defense. When he there we go. That's, See? That's neither here See? nor there. Told you. Uh, Told you. Oh, Owe and Ajabo did what they should have done against a bad offensive line, which is dominated. <sighs> Um, my my only real point was to push back on the idea that Burrow has owned the Ravens in his uh-huh. whole career because he didn't really last year when McDonald uh-huh. came by. But again, fully with you on Higgins this week. Very quickly, because you mentioned Dotson, what did you make of this Washington offense in week one? Because they didn't really dominate a very bad team like we expected them to. I mean, Sam Howell's not going to move the needle for us, really. Like, he's going to do enough probably for one or two receivers to hit maybe once or twice like a week. But I, I think that we kind of, maybe collectively got carried away a little bit with the preseason, how good he looked. It's like, he's still a fifth round pick. Like he's still a rookie or a second year quarterback with not a lot of experience under his belt. So I think that that against the Cardinals really bad team is just kind of like, Hey, this Washington commanders offense is probably going to be below average. And there's not going to be him supporting all these fantasy weapons. And while all these guys are seeing targets in this offense, I mean, I'm really concerned about McLaurin. Like I did not, I was concerned about McLaurin that he may have a really scary floor with Sam Howell as the quarterback, especially if Dotson is really the target leader and the target favorite for Howell when he's at quarterback. Uh, since I wasted time talking about the Ravens' pass rush, <laughs> let's uh, go quickly through these player comps here. Lack of pass rush. Your word's not mine. Uh, DJ Moore or Mike Williams, Erickson? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Moore's only getting 41% of the vote. T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk coming off that ins- incredible game one? <sighs> I mean, I can't start both of them. Like, what, what league is this? I mean, if I'm I wanted to say, I'm going to start back to back. <laughs> Come on, Eric, so make you, the tough choice. You're the, one who picked, you're the one who picked a high-ranked receiver. Yeah, because I'm. people are going to be afraid not to start him. Make so the make choice, sure Eric. T. Higgins. There we go. I'm going to be wrong. Higgins only getting 33% of the vote. Ayuk getting yeah. 67. And then Jahan, Jahan Dotson sure. or Michael Pittman. And I will tell you, this is basically a coin flip in the tool. Dotson. Easy. Dotson's getting 51%, so just barely getting that vote. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Factor. As somebody who's trying to eat healthier, I try not to go out to eat as much as I used to, but I found that it gets pretty tricky to cook from home all the time, especially when we're all so swamped during football season. So my solution 
is Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which delivers chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals straight to my door. It helps me stay on track with my healthy lifestyle, and most importantly, it saves me time. Factor's meals are fresh, never frozen, and ready in just two minutes, so I can skip the grocery store trips and food prep and still get all the nutrition I need. And they've got different categories to best fit your needs, whether it's effortless meals with lunch to go, calorie-conscious options with Calorie Smart, upscale meals with Gourmet Plus, or even a pure boost with Protein Plus. Oh, and they've got tons of breakfast and snack options as well. Head to factormeals.com slash fantasypros50 and use code fantasypros50 to get 50% off. That's code fantasypros50 at factormeals.com slash fantasypros50 to get 50% off. Guys, let's move to the section where we kind of put together a couple of these different positions. We're going to do quarterback, tight end, and defense all together here. Debra, who are your three there? I'm going to lump two guys together, and we're going to stack them, baby. Jared Goff is a must start. Again, we saw what Seattle's defense looked like last week. And Sammy Ball game. We're going to start Sammy Ball game. The usage was there week one, and now you have a Seattle Seahawks defense that was second in fantasy points allowed to tight ends allow the highest yards per reception to tight ends and the second most fantasy points. Give me all the semi ball game I can handle. And we're going to tack this on and bring it home. We're going to start the green Bay Packers defense versus Desmond Mitter. This is all defenses all the time against Desmond Mitter. This is, it's an easy correlation. People Mitter's bad play the defenses against him. If the Falcons find a way to lose this, it's because gay gay. Guess what? Hey, uh, yeah, you got Bijan. Hey, you got Tyler Algier. But you also have Desmond Mitter still playing quarterback. So if anybody could screw this up, it's going to be him. I, I <laughs> might have missed you saying it, but just to be clear, Sammy Ballgame is Sam Laporta. Uh, just so people do <laughs> he know. He changed his last name to Ballgame. Sorry. In, in I, case I, they I, haven't I heard you people. talk about him all off season. Um, and so I will ask you, Sammy Laporta slash Ballgame, uh, 40% of the vote for him is and Hunter Henry gets 60% of the vote. Who would you take there? Ball game. Easy ball game. I kind of thought you might. Who would you take there, Erickson, Laporta, or Henry? I mean, I'm going to fade the number one tight end in fantasy football for a guy named <laughs> Sammy Ballgame. Well, yes, you are, uh, Erickson. Yes. Well, I, specific, I specifically included Henry because he is your tight end that you are picking here as a must start. Yeah, the number one scoring tight end in fantasy football, Hunter Henry. That's right, baby. Patriots. Look. <laughs> Henry was super productive against the Eagles, 556, six targets with a score. He also made a great one-handed grab to convert a third down. Excellent by Hunter Henry, if I oh, say so myself. Dear. You did. And it's a projected shootout against the Miami Dolphins. Sunday Night Football. There's going to be points. Like, all the games are, like, under, under, under. Gross, gross, gross. This game is not gross. We talked about how the Patriots are dialing up the passing game a little bit more. That's good for the tight ends. That's good for Hunter Henry. And even though I know ultimately it's going to be Mike Gusecki that scores the revenge game touchdown because that's just <laughs> what happens in fantasy football against the Dolphins. I still think Henry with his usage and the fact that Mac Jones loves targeting him in the red zone. I think that he could score again, even if Gusecki scores. I like this Patriots offense against this Dolphins defense that got shredded by the Chargers. I, I think he's in a good spot. Donald Parham caught a touchdown against the Dolphins, specifically from the slot. You look at Hunter Henry and his usage. Was using the slot, had three catches for 34 yards from the slot. So I do like Hunter Henry as my must-start tight end, the tight end one in fantasy football, if I didn't say that. Um, at quarterback, my must-start player is Daniel Jones. People are ready to abandon ship and jump off the Daniel Jones bandwagon because he had a bad game against Dallas on primetime. But if you watch the game, 
The guy put up like 30 rushing yards on the first drive. Like he's using his legs. He is scrambling. That turns into fantasy points. And you know who's not playing this week? He's not playing Dallas. He's playing the Arizona Cardinals, the worst defense in the NFL. Look, they're trash. Howell played bad last week and was still a top 12 quarterback in week one. Like Daniel Jones floor is going to be QB 12 this week. I think he could be a top five quarterback. The dual rushing along with Darren Waller playing a full complement of snaps, just praying that Darren Waller's hamstring gets through another week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I like Daniel Jones. And then the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals matchup against the Giants. Giants DST is the one that you want to pick up and start off the waiver wire. Look, the commanders barely got pressure on Josh Dobbs last week. And he was still sacked three times to go along with two fumbles. <laughs> like, and he wasn't even pressured at all. And he was still making a ton of mistakes. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. So the Giants have a really high floor. And when you're playing defenses against the, you know, Cardinals led Josh Dobbs, it's just, this is going to be a disaster for them. So Giants DST, sixth in pressure rate last year, first in blitz rate. It's going to cause some turnovers. I put the two tight ends you guys picked pitted against each other in Debro's section. Now I'm going to do the quarterbacks. So Erickson, I ask you, Daniel Jones or Jared Goff this week? Ooh. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones getting one third of the votes, 33%. Goff getting 67. Uh, I assume you would take Goff, Debro? Uh, it's really close. Um, shooting ceiling. I'm going to go Daniel Jones here. Shooting I'm going to sit here and, okay. and go with my guy. You're not even believing in your own must-start player. Right, what does that say about your picks? I, I don't know. Uh, let's let's give a quick recap here. Must-start running backs: Rashad White, James Cook, Ramadre Stevenson, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery, Tyler Algier. Must-start wide receivers: Debo Samuel, Tyler Lockett, Zay Flowers, DJ Moore, T. Higgins, Jahan Dotson. And must-start quarterbacks: Jared Goff, Daniel Jones. Must-start tight ends: Sam Laporta, Hunter Henry. And must-start defenses: Packers and Giants. Erickson, who are your three must-sit running backs of week two? All right, we're going to start with Dalvin Cook. There's no Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson, a quarterback. Tough matchup against Dallas. Split backfield with Brees Hall. Even though Dalvin Cook was the snap share leader, played 50% of the snaps in week one. I mean, Brees Hall was the shining star of the backfield, racking up a ton of yardage. So I do expect this team to lean on the ground game. So I think Cook is going to see north of double-digit overall touches. But how valuable those will actually be. You're playing the league's best defense. I don't think he's going to score, which means Dalvin Cook is kind of in that RB3 territory with no bye weeks. I think that there's much better options. Very low upside play if you had to put him in your flex. I'm not starting Dalvin Cook. Deion Jackson uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. He was the starting running back. You know, he was the opposite of volume is king. 71% of the snaps, absolutely atrocious. 13 carries for 14 yards fumbled five catches for 14 yards he scored like one fantasy point and someone touched the ball like almost 20 times i don't even know how that's possible but he did it um dead last in total rushing epa they're praying that zach moss is available it's like we need zach moss to save this backfield he could potentially return he's coming back from a broken arm um but i cannot the colts are gonna do whatever they can to try to get away from using Deion jackson even if it means more rushing attempts for anthony richardson so even though it is a technically good matchup against the Texans, want no part of Deion Jackson or really any of these Colts. I'd rather start Zach Moss. I'm being totally honest if I had to pick between the two guys if Moss is active. And lastly, is Khalil Herbert. Only had 12 touches in week one. There's not enough volume for him to get the job done. Now, I know that the Bears kind of used Roshan Johnson a lot in the third quarter. Is that a sign for things to come? I don't necessarily think so because, again, he didn't touch the ball until, like, the second half of the game. But 
I really want to see them give Herbert a little bit more volume before I feel confident starting him, especially in a tough match against the Buccaneers. Run defense, 2.4 yards per carry allowed, just 41 rushing yards allowed in week one. So I think there are better options, especially with no bye weeks, like I said before, than Khalil Herbert. Yeah, in that Bears backfield, did it like, you know, obviously Roshan getting the touchdown. It was it was kind of a poor game overall for them, right? It was a, it was a poor game script just for the Bears in general. Does that weigh into you kind of evaluating how that backfield was used at all, or you're just kind of staying away from all those guys? I, I mean, we knew it was going to kind of be somewhat of a committee. I just thought they would give Herbert, who was the starter still, and I thought looked fine, relatively speaking, just given the situation, and they just didn't really use him in the second half just because they were trying different things, and the game kind of got out of hand after Justin Fields threw a pick six. So... I, I don't think that Herbert has lost the starting job. People are saying that Roshan's going to take over in week two, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because he didn't play again until the second half. But Herbert didn't do enough, I think, to like, okay, he's going to be the guy again in week two. I think he's still going to be the guy. But how much is that actually going to translate into fantasy success? I'm not so sure. I'm going to hit you with some one-on-one player comparisons here, Erickson, using the Who Should I Start tool. That's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Um, and any player comparisons we discuss throughout the rest of the show, we're going to be grabbing those numbers from the Who Should I Start tool. Dalvin Cook or A.J. Dillon? Who are you starting this week? Uh, I'm going to start A.J. Dillon because there's a chance that the Aaron Jones hamstring injury pops up again, and then A.J. Dillon can run into a bunch of cares. And I know that his efficiency was abysmal <laughs> in week one, but he got still got a lot of red zone touches. He got stuffed at the goal line a couple times. It's just going to hurt his overall yards per carry. He's still getting decent red zone usage even though it looked like aaron jones was like shot out of a cannon every time he touched the ball which makes dylan like look that much worse i thought dylan's final stat line wasn't really indicative of of how he actually played dylan only getting 43 percent of the vote on that one cook getting 57 Dion jackson or zach charbonnet uh i mean zach did how much did zach charbonnet <laughs> even play like like he wasn't really I, used that much. so th- These aren't I, supposed to be easy. I mean, neither, man. I don't want to play either. Can I play a Ravens running back? Can I can I play <laughs> can I play Rash- can I well, play Rashad Penny? <laughs> like I'll roll the dice on an Eagles guy. By the way, Charbonnet gets 60% of that. I'm gonna ask you about a Ravens running back next. Khalil Herbert or Gus Edwards? I would start Khalil Herbert in that situation. Khalil Herbert's getting 43% of that vote. Debro. Give me your running backs you are sitting this week. Oh, this first one's going to be painful, but let's go. Let's peel the Band-Aid off. Cam Akers. Got to sit him. This all comes down to San Francisco, an elite run defense. I mean, we're talking about a run defense that last year, lowest explosive run rate allowed, fifth highest stuff rate. No, no, no. Do not want any part of Cam Akers. Second guy, and we're going to go to a good offense. Isaiah Pacheco. Do not want to start him this week. Can I do it? Jacksonville allowed the fourth lowest yards per carry to zone runs. That's been Pacheco's bread and butter for Kansas City. And they allowed the fourth lowest missed tackle to allow rate. So, yeah, Pacheco's not going to go anywhere. So we're already, like, seeing, like, last week. It was like, oh, crap. Holy, uh, CH got the first carry. What are we doing here? And then Pacheco, like, where, where's he at? Where's he at? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, he comes in. And he's not good. So, I, I can't even put him in my lineup now. And the third guy that I got to bring up here is Brian Robinson. Fantastic matchup in week one. What did he do? Scored a touchdown. Saved his day. Past that, nothing. Nada. Zilch. And you're talking about now they go against the Denver Broncos, who this year, fourth in DVOA run, uh, as far as a run defense goes, fourth lowest yards before contact per attempt. Brian Robinson couldn't get it done versus Arizona. It's going to be scary to see what he doesn't do versus the Denver Broncos. 
I want to ask you a follow up on Cam Akers, and sorry to make you talk about oh, him some more. Here we uh, go. Tw- tw- I mean, twenty two carries for twenty nine yards in a game Eesh. they won by two scores. He did get the touchdown, of course. Um, actually, my my math is off. They won that by three scores. Uh, I mean, long term, I know that it's a bad matchup this week. Long term, what's your concern level on Acres? Um, I mean, how loud can we turn up the bells and whistles? Like, how, what's I mean, how how loud can we get this kicked up to here, Worm? Like, what's what's past eleven? I I mean, it's just bad, man. I mean, Acres did not do anything in that game. Kyron Williams came out. Got all the passing down work, ran all the routes, was actually a low key, really efficient as far as tackle breaking metrics go. And Akers, he even got out carried before they were salting the clock away. Yeah, I'm really concerned about Akers. I mean, it's it's bad news, man. Quickly, are you excited about Kyron Williams? I mean, he only had 3.5 yards per carry. He got the two touchdowns, of course. He didn't actually catch any balls. So just very quickly, Debra, like. Are you excited about him going forward or is this just Cam Akers fading? Um, I think he's the best of bad options. I'll put it that way. So I'm not excited <laughs> for Daryl Hen- uh, Henderson 2.0. It's literally the exact yeah. same thing we saw happen yep. last year. Oh, my God, this guy, yeah. this Rams running back, not named Cam Akers starts, gets all the pass game work and is but it's not yep. good. Like, that's the yeah, concern. Yeah, so call. I would if I picked up Kyron Williams, I would try to sell him immediately as the RB1 because yeah. we're going to look up next week and be like, oh, what do you know? Cam Akers played more snaps. Because Sean McVay just does this randomly. Yeah. Debro, give me uh, some player comparisons here. Cam Akers or Gus Edwards? Woof. Um, <laughs> 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 Gus? I'll go Gus. Gus does get 78% of the vote on that. So the who should I start tool is a little strongly uh, feeling about that one. Isaiah Pacheco or James Connor? Oh, it's Connor. That's an easy one. Connor's going to get all the work. I'm not even worried about that. Pacheco getting 56% of that vote. What? Uh, no. And then the last one here, Brian Robinson or Raheem Mostert? I mean, considering Raheem's dealing with a knee issue, I don't even know if he plays this <laughs> week. So I guess I, I got to go I mean, with obviously the, it's assuming he plays. A healthy player? Who could have seen this coming for Raheem Mostert, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I know. Mostert, so Mostert's getting 75% of that one. So that the <laughs> consensus is there to be sitting Brian Robinson. Even with the injury issue, for all you fantasy players looking for something new, Fantasy Sports Evo offers a unique twist to daily fantasy sports. They offer a variety of contests where you select teams, not players, to build your fantasy lineup and compete for cash prizes. No need to worry about a player injury ironically ruining your lineup. No Sharks, Evo's single and limited entry contests help ensure fair play. No salary caps. Select any teams you like. Super easy, super fun, and for all sports fans, teams are selected for specific scoring categories and points accrue from individual player statistics for that category. Just choose your contest, pick your teams, and watch as your lineup climbs the leaderboard with our live scoring. Join Fantasy Sports Evo today and claim your 100% deposit match. Terms apply. Visit FantasySportsEvo.com or download the app, which is available in both stores and start winning today erickson let's move to the must sit wide receivers well i knew that d would not put this guy on his list because he loves him too much but i have to just look at the facts man. not not playing drake london man I'm not doing it oh nowhere to man. be found in week one and i mean is he gonna get who, who is he playing okay the green bay packers oh we just saw them erase dj moore two targets for dj moore mm-hmm. getting that jail alexander 
treatment in the secondary. Look, Darnell Mooney was the only productive receiver for the Bears, and all his production came from the slot. Four catches for 53 yards and one touchdown on six slot targets. London ran two routes from the slot last week. 9% slot rate on a 91% route participation. Um, yeah, it's going to be another bad week for Drake London. So uh, keep him on your bench um, if he's not already been dropped because it, it, it could get scary for Drake London. Next guy for me is Terry McLaurin for the Commanders. Just another bad cornerback matchup that I want to get away from, especially for McLaurin, who may or may not still be dealing with his toe tur- or turf toe injury. He was fourth on the team in targets in Sam Howell's first start of the season. And it's going to get Patrick Sertain. Like, Sertain didn't necessarily shut down Devontae Adams, but Adams is on another level than Terry McLaurin is. So I think that Sertain is going to have his way with McLaurin. If he's shadowing the number one wide receiver for the commanders, I think it means a good thing for another commander's receiver, but not for Terry. So I'm scared of Terry starting him in week two. And last guy is Christian Kirk. Look, we got to wake up and smell the usage, baby, because it's not the same as it was last year with Christian Kirk. It is way different. He's coming off the field way more than he did at any point last year. 66% route participation as a full-time slot receiver. Zay Jones is playing more than Christian Kirk. Zay Jones is going to outscore Christian Kirk this season if they have the same roles for the rest of the year. So Christian Kirk, fifth in routes, fifth in targets among all Jaguars in week one. He's getting less involvement than ETN and Evan Ingram. So with Ridley added to the fold here, we're like, this isn't going to change. I know we want to hold on to our priors with Kirk and how productive he was last year, but his role is different in this new offense with the new pieces involved. So again, outside of an occasional touchdown spiked week from Kirk, I don't think you're going to see a lot. Like, are we trying to get Tyler Boyd into our lineups? Like, that's what Christian Kirk has become. He's become Tyler Boyd. He's a slot receiver and a high-powered offense that you can always kind of make the argument, oh, well, he could catch a touchdown. He plays in good offense. Well, then why aren't you starting Tyler Boyd every week? Oh, wait, you're not. So Christian Kirk for me, not starting him. Wake up and smell the usage. Is, uh, <laughs> it's a good one and also a tough one to uh, tough pill to swallow. Uh, that would also apply to the first guy you mentioned, Drake London. Are you, it, is this purely a matchup based thing or are you basically in, we need to see it before I will ever start Drake London again? Well, I think he's just going to be game script dependent, like in games where the Falcons, okay, like they're going to have to up the tempo. I mean, last week they didn't have to do that because it was the Panthers. So that's kind of like the worst of the worst of both worlds when they don't have to throw the ball, like they won't like, that's pretty clear. That's what they want to do is run the football. So again, they're playing the Packers. I'm not expecting Jordan Love to like push this Falcons team and, it's going to become problematic because the Falcons have a really easy schedule this year. So, yeah, Drake London will have occasional spike weeks like every wide receiver does, but it's just not going to work into any type of consistency. And if you wait a week to see it and you put him in your lineup, maybe it's not the same kind of game script. So I'm concerned about London for sure, and especially specifically in this matchup where it's like so clear that it's not a good matchup. And look, last year we saw London have stretches where he was not productive, even as the alpha, weeks 4 through 12. He didn't have a game with more than 40 receiving yards. And, and maybe we wrote off his or we baked in his strong finish to the season too highly when Kyle Pitts wasn't playing. You know, Kyle Pitts is back in the offense, and that's just another target that is taking away opportunities from Drake London. Debra, very quickly before we get to our player comparisons here, I as a Drake London stand through and through, what were your thoughts on his week one? Uh, I mean, look, I, I was expecting him to have a down week. I thought he was going to get shadowed by J.C. Horn and then... Lo and behold, didn't matter because Arthur Smith was shadowing him. Um, he came out and he said, look, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just happy we got the W. Uh, we don't have to throw the ball. Drake London has to do, doesn't have to do anything. I'm happy. Drake London's happy. You're happy. No, nobody's happy, Arthur. Nobody. Nobody at all. 
Drake's not happy. Kyle Pitts isn't happy. Bijan's not happy. Considering you're giving the ball to Tyler Algier and he's scoring two touchdowns, none of us are happy, Arthur. We don't like it. Fantasy's greatest supervillain, Arthur Smith. Uh, Erickson, Terry McLaurin or Jordan Addison this week? Addison. Easy. Yeah. Addison's getting 9%. McLaurin, 91% by the experts. I wonder if that will change as we get closer to game time. And then I'm going to put two of the guys you put in this section against each other. Drake London or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk, because at least I know his team's going to throw the ball. (laughs) So so again, Kirk Kirk has a better chance of catching a touchdown than London does. Kirk is getting 64%. So not as lopsided of a vote, but he is the winner there. Devereaux, give me your must-sit wide receivers. Well, being the Ravens homer, the resident one here, you'll love this first one, Worm. Uh, George Pickens, cannot start him. I get Deontay is out, but you look at what George Pickens didn't do last week. I mean, no Deontay on the field. Allen Robinson's catching more passes than George Pickens, and all the Steelers fans don't want to hear it out of me, but George Pickens is not this hero that you think he is. Outside of Great videos for a meme where he pushes down a cornerback that's not even looking at him when he's supposedly blocking. It's about the best thing George Pickens does these days. But past that, they're going against the Cleveland Browns. What happened to the Browns? Oh, that's right. They just shut down an actually good passing offense. And not just shut down, totally just rub them into the dirt. George Pickens is not going to do anything this week. I mean, Cleveland, 60 to 64% zone. George Pickens last year amongst 83 qualifying wide receivers against zone coverage. 66 in PFF receiving grade, 58th in yards per route run against zone coverage. Yeah, those are not good numbers. Do not play George Pickens. Brandon Cooks is the next guy I got to bring up here. And this just comes down to, uh, again, Dallas is not going to be forced to throw the ball a ton. And Brandon Cooks now has picked up a knee injury. So whether he plays or he doesn't, I don't have a lot of interest in Brandon Cooks because the Jets corners play sides. So Michael Gallup's going to see a little bit more DJ Reed, a little bit over half of the game. What does that leave Brandon Cook? Well, Brandon Cooks is going to get all the sauce that he can handle, and it's not going to be good. So sit Brandon Cooks. Last guy I got to bring up, and we're just going to stay in the same game. You can drop all your Jets wide receivers outside of Garrett Wilson. If you got Garrett Wilson, do not start him. I mean, good Lord. We just saw what Dallas dismantled the Giants. What do we think they're going to do to Zach Wilson? He's going to be seeing ghosts before the first quarter even finishes. Garrett Wilson's going to be taking off his jersey and pulling an Antonio Brown and saying, forget all this mess and running into the locker room because he's sick of looking at Zach Wilson's face. So it's going to be bad. Bad, bad, bad worm. What do you say to people who drafted Wilson like in the early second round, for example, and he's just like so clearly the most talented guy that they would have to start in that spot? I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I mean, hope that the Jets uh, wake up and and Robert Sala's like, because basically this is a Robert Sala's come out and said, well, this is Zach Wilson's team. (laughs) Until they play the Cowboys. And then it's not Zach Wilson's team. You're hoping and praying that one of two things happens. They go trade for Jacoby Brissett. That would be a good move. Or heck, even look, even hit speed dial. And you'll like this one, Worm. Even hit speed dial. I'll take Joe Flacco throwing him passes over (laughs) Zach Wilson. Bazooka Joe. Uh, Okay, well, (laughs) then I think I know your answer to this comparison. Uh, Garrett Wilson or Amari Cooper. 
Oh, gosh. Mari Cooper. <laughs> Easy. Uh, only getting 63% of the vote actually is Amari Cooper, but he is the, the winner there. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins? Oh, Nico. Nico with a bullet. Oh, Nico's going to have himself a week. Nico, Nico's getting just 43%. Uh, Cooks is getting 57% of the vote. There. This is half PPR, by the way. I didn't mention that. These are all going to be in half PPR. Uh, and then Pickens or Cortland Sutton? Sutton. Not even close. Sutton is getting eight. 18% of the vote and Pickens 82%. That's another one That's that I ridiculous. would be surprised if that changes as we get closer to Sunday. Say goodbye to your own start sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pro's start sit assistant. Within seconds, you'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each week, leveraging insights from numerous experts. The start sit assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com slash my playbook and make winning decisions in no time. We're going to clump the quarterback, tight end, defense special teams kind of all together here in this section. So, Erickson, who are you sitting at QB, tight end, and DST? The sit, Dak Prescott. Um, again, talking about the Jets matchup. The total is absolutely gross at 38 and a half, even though most of the points are going to be scored by Dallas. Maybe their defense, like we saw <laughs> on Sunday <laughs> Night Football. It just There's no upside. Like, what are we expecting? Dak, he's not going to get pushed by the other team, and he's facing an elite defense. So, I'm trying to figure out why start Dak Prescott? So I'm not starting him for tight end. Look, there was a lot of tight ends that saw really encouraging usage in week one. And the one that didn't was Gerald Everett. Uh, <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, 55% route participation is really bad. That ranked outside the top 25 at the position. He's splitting more time than I anticipated with Donald Parham. And it just kind of rubs salt in my wound. It was Donald Parham that scored the touchdown in week one and not Gerald Everett. So you're just praying for a touchdown from Everett. But again, it's a another gross game with the Titans just trying to make the Chargers play through the dirt and the mud and just not something I want a part of. So Everett's not playing in the shootout necessarily. So I try to get away from I would drop him for really any of these waiver wire tight ends. Some of these rookies, I think they're better options. And then lastly, the Jaguars, people drafted them because they were playing the Colts week one. They were fine in week one, playing the Chiefs in week two. Don't don't play them. Let's just you, you got them for week one. Move on. I know I drafted them in a couple different spots, so just make sure you don't leave them in there and be like, oh yeah, they were good last week. It's like not this week. Like don't play them against the Chiefs, even though they're at home. There are better DSTs out there you can stream. If Kelsey doesn't play, don't care. Don't okay. care. Still Mahomes. <laughs> uh, da- Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy this week? Brock Purdy, easy. Oh yeah, Pur- Purdy's getting sixty nine percent of the vote. Prescott just thirty one percent. Debro. Give me your QB tight end DST. Got to say Kenny Pickett. I talked to, I just gave a lot of George Pickens hate here. But again, this goes back to, we just saw where Cleveland just dismantled the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Kenny Pickett just already got dismantled. I don't know what's left of that man to take apart, but whatever the 49ers left over, (laughs) the Browns going to take care of the rest. So you got to sit him. Hayden Hurst is the next guy. I've said this for years and years and years. Do not play tight ends versus the Saints. It is a no-fly zone for tight ends. I don't care if Hayden Hurst is going to get an 18% target share. He's not going to do anything versus the Saints. They're one of only two teams that walked out of week one giving up nothing. Zero receiving yards. Ask Chigakonkwo how it was to sit here and play the, the New Orleans Saints in week one. Ah, not good. So sit Hayden Hurst. Last has got to be Seattle. Their defense was terrible. I mean, Stafford and Puka Juice just tore them apart, man. So 
I, there's no way that I, I was really hopeful about Seattle Seahawks defense entering this season. I know Devon Witherspoon has been banged up. He didn't play, but the rest of that defense looked dreadful last week. So yeah, going against the Detroit Lions, got to sit them. Can't play. We, we've we've mentioned the Browns defense a couple of times. Are they a, a, t- a defense that you will be actively avoiding just based on this first week? Like, the, the top three there in terms of like Dallas and San Francisco and the Jets are so like entrenched as like these are the elite defenses, but it really looked like the Browns should be in that same, maybe if not the same mm-hmm. tier, at least leading the tier behind them, right? No, absolutely. Big agree. I mean, Jim Schwartz, you you go and trace all of his defenses and there's certain things. One, they're going to use a lot of man coverage. Their cornerback room is extremely good and they're going to stop the run. An absolutely remade defensive line. Now, we didn't see that a whole lot in week one. I know Mixon had had a long run and stuff like that. But as they go through the season, this Cleveland Browns defense is going to be nasty. Yeah, they, they looked good enough to the point where if Deshaun Watson is even slightly above average, that's that's a clear, maybe not the division favorite because it's such a strong division, but one of the division favorites in the AFC North. Uh, quick player comp here, Hayden, Her- excuse me, Hayden Hurst. Or Dalton Schultz? Oh, Schultz. Give me Schultz. Schultz is getting 64% of the vote. That is it for our must-sit show. Stick around. Later today, we're bringing you the must-start show as well for Debro and Erickson. Oh, yeah, by the way, go check out Fantasy Sports Evo. Fun opportunities there. Use the Start Sit Assistant to get your lineup dilemmas sorted through. Please, everybody, make sure to try out Factor. If you're looking to eat healthier and more conveniently, go play some bets at DraftKings Sportsbook. Take advantage of all their free bonus bets that they're giving you. For Erickson and Debro, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you guys again next time, and enjoy week two, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. 
In a clinical trial, SmileActive's users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to SmileActives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.